Amen. Go ahead and be opening up your Bibles to Romans chapter 6 uh, this morning. And uh, we're going to be looking at this. Let me encourage you uh, to... Uh, hasn't our worship been good this morning? Uh, let me encourage you. Let me invite you and encourage you to come back next Sunday night for an, an awesome time of worship as we gather around the cross. Uh, the gather around the cross in the empty tomb. Uh, next Sunday is the Sunday before Easter. And next Sunday night, uh, we're going to be meeting back here in the sanctuary. And our choir and our praise team is going to be leading us in worship. And we're also going to be observing the Lord's Supper together uh, that night as well. As we just gather around the cross and thank God for the sacrifice that he made for us. And so I encourage you to mark that down uh, next Sunday night, uh, April the 10th at 6 o'clock, and join us for a special time of worship. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. You thought we were through, didn't you? Uh, I got to go back to this one verse, Romans 6, 23, and just look and, 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 uh, and help us digest and bring uh, this series on Romans chapter 6. Uh, to a, a close, as we look at this last verse, some, many of you can quote it from memory, as he says in Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen for that verse. Amen. For, that's what we've been singing about is all that Jesus has done for us and provided for us in salvation. Uh, this verse is often used in witnessing and, and that's very well. That's, it, it should be, rightly so. Uh, because in this verse we have uh, the, the, the simple basic contents of the gospel, of the good news. It's one of my favorite verses to use when I'm sharing my faith and sharing with someone is law, that is lost how they can come to faith in Christ. It is this bad news, good news scenario. You have the first part of the verse, the wages of sin is death. You have the second part of the verse, which is the good news, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And I just, you know, as we're here, we've got people here that have been longtime members of this church. We've got people here that have been attending this church for a while. We may have some folks here that may be first time members and, and everything in between there. But I can't see into your heart. And so I don't know exactly where you stand with God. But I hope you know this gift of eternal life, that you've received this gift of eternal life. Here he explains why we need that. He tells us that the wages of sin is death. And he's telling us that's, that's, that's the bad news of the scenario. That is the truth, that we are all sinners. And that that sin separates us from a holy God. And if we die with that separation in our hearts between us and God with our hearts filled with sin then we'll be separated from God forever. We'll experience an eternal death, an eternal separation from him forever. That's bad news because every one of us is sinners and so that, that, that is the, the reality that is there. But it doesn't end with that first part. It has a second part as well and that's the good news. The good news is, is that through Jesus Christ we can have salvation. Jesus came and he took our sin penalty. He paid the price for our sins. Our wages of sin was put upon him when he died on the cross. And then on the third day, God raised him from the dead that he might offer that gift of eternal life to anyone who receives
receives him. That's how we are saved. We receive it as a gift. It is the gift of God through Jesus Christ, our Lord, this gift of salvation. And so we receive it by faith. We believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sin. We believe that he was raised from the dead. And we believe that he will save us if we ask him to. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If that's where you are, maybe you've been listening to these sermons on Romans chapter 6 and God's been convicting you this whole time about your relationship with him, that you're not free because you're still in bondage to your sin and you need to be saved. We want to give you an opportunity to do that. Here I am, just a three minutes into the message. Let me tell you something. The devil does not want you to be saved. I think we probably just lost our internet there, and so there's probably some lost people on the internet that needed to hear that. But, the, but let me, I'm serious about this. Invitation time's right now. It's not just come to this altar, but it's come to Jesus, okay? Would you bow your heads with me right now? Would you close your eyes? And if you're here today, and you do not know this Jesus. Maybe you've tried jumping through every religious hoop, every church hoop. That's why you're here today is you're trying to jump through another hoop to get to salvation. You don't get to salvation by jumping through hoops. You receive the gift of God. Jesus has done it all. He jumped through all the hoops for you. And you just need to receive him as your Lord and Savior. Right now you can do this. You can express your faith in him through a simple prayer. And so if you need to be saved right now, today, let me encourage you to pray this prayer to God. Say, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. And Lord, I know that my sin has separated me from you. But I don't want to be separated any longer. I want to be saved. I need to be saved. And so, Lord, would you come into my heart and forgive me of my sins? And right now, Lord, I receive you as my Savior and my Lord. For the rest of my life, I will live for you because you have saved me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, if you pray that prayer, it's not Brother Dove, but it's the Bible that says, Romans 10, 13, that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God doesn't play games with us. And if you weren't playing games with him and you reached out to him by faith, then God heard that prayer and God answered that prayer. And just a little bit later in the service, I want you to come let us know what God has done in your life. Because now you're on the winning side. Now you're on the freedom side. Now you're on the victory side. That is what I just shared with you and, 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 and what we need to be, that's the message we need to be sharing with lost people. But understand this in Romans 6, 23, when he's writing this, he's writing Romans to a group of believers that are there. Now lost people would hear this and that's why the gospel is found in, in Romans 6, 23 and, and all throughout the, the, the letter to the Romans. The gospel's all, all throughout it there because lost people would hear that. But in Romans chapter 
chapter 6, he's been talking about how to live in freedom. And that is the initial step to freedom. That is the initial step to victory. And when you were saved, whether it be just a moment ago or many years ago or, or somewhere in between, when you were saved, God placed you in Jesus Christ. Not only did Jesus Christ come to live within you in the person of the Holy Spirit, but, but you were placed in Christ. And therefore, when he died, you died with him. And when he was raised, you were raised with him. And now that you've been saved, you are dead to sin and alive to God. You have been made free from sin. You're freed from not only the penalty of sin, but you're freed from the power of sin. Sin has no more dominion over you. You're not in chains to sin any longer. And now you are bound to God. You have become a child of God. You have become a part of his family and you are a bond slave to Jesus Christ. And so here in this pat in verse 23, that's what he's been talking about all throughout Romans chapter six there. And he concludes this chapter and he's saying, what is he saying here? He's saying, you made the right choice. You made the right choice. The wages of sin are death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, the Lord. If you have given your life to Jesus, you have made the right choice. That's what he's saying here. That reminds you of how great a choice it is. As, I, as he talks in the first part of this passage about our old master, our old ways, the ways before we were set three. As he says, the wages of sin is death. He talks about the wages of sin. And the wages of sin, understand this, sin is a liar. The devil is a liar. The world is a liar. And there are, are lies of sin. And the lie of sin that sin wants us to believe is that everything is good when everything is not good. The wages of sin is death. Sin has its wages. By wages, we're talking about what we deserve, what we earn for our, our service, for our work. Matter of fact, this word that's translated wages here, it was often used of a, of a Roman soldier uh, talking about his... his uh, uh, subsistence, the, the, the minimum part that he would say. Now, some soldiers, if they won victory and things like that, they would get some of the loot, some of the, uh, the treasures that they had captured, and most of it would go to, the, uh, to Caesar or to the king, depending on whose army they were fighting for. But they would, might get a, a portion of that. But the, what they would get for being a, a, a soldier was just enough to live, enough food to live on. They would be provided for in, in, in that way. And that's what he means by, by wages here. He's talking about that, that everyone that is given into sin, that is controlled by sin, everyone without Christ, that is our wages. The sin pays you in death. It's interesting that it's used of a soldier because understand this about sin. We're all soldiers. It just depends on which army we're in. Yes, when you're saved, you become a part of the army of God. But when you're living in sin, you're fighting against God. You're fighting. You're just fighting on the wrong side. You're fighting against God. You want, you want to know what the wages of sin are? Look at the cross. That's the wages of sin. Jesus was paying our wages. He was paying our penalty. He was paying what we deserve on the cross. 
And when you realize all that he paid for you and me, then you won't miss next Sunday night as we gather around the Lord's table and say thank you. Thank you for what you did for me. There are wages of sin. There are the acts of sin. Sin wants to tell us that everything is good when everything is not. Sin brings forth death. Sin wants to tell us that we are good. That's the lie of sin. That we are good. That we are okay when we're not. It talks about the wages of of sin. We are all sinners. The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Jesus himself said there's none good but God. We are all sinners. I, I remember trying to explain this to some children. And, and you know how children kind of get be smart aleck sometimes? <laughs> uh, there's always one and maybe two in, <laughs> in, in every group, you know, stuff. And so I was explaining to them about what sin and sin is and things like that. And this young man, uh, you know, he, he spoke up and said, well, I, I'm, a, I'm a good guy. I just do bad things. He thought he had it figured out and stuff like that. And I turned it back on him. I said, well, what do bad people do? You know, uh, <laughs> I thought bad people did bad things, and, 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 and they do. And he says, well, I do good things sometimes. Well, how many sins do you have to commit to become a sinner? See, we're all sinners, and we all perform sin. And may, listen, may God convict us and break us over the sin in our lives. Let's quit playing with sin. Let's quit, you know, hiding sin, trying to cover up our sin. We need a clean break from sin. We need God to set us free from sin. And I got good news for you. He has. He has. But we perform these acts of sin. The the sin that we do here, the word sin literally means to to miss the mark. We've talked uh, about that, that we're supposed to be aiming for a life with God, a life of fellowship with God, a life of service to God. And we we miss the mark. We do not hit the spot. And it's more than just that. It's not that our aim is bad, okay? It's not that we got bad aim. It's that we're aiming at the wrong targets. We got real good aim. We go after and we hit exactly what we're aiming for. Now, we like to tell others that our aim is off, but really we're hitting exactly what we're aiming for. That's the nature of sin. And every one of us served that old master of sin, the wages of sin, the act of sin. And then we see the end of sin. Not only does sin try to tell us that everything is good and we are good, but sin tries to tell us that everything will be good. When actually the truth is the wages of sin is death. Understand this, death without Christ is not freedom. It is an everlasting bondage. An unending bondage. The word death literally means separation. Physical death is separation from physical life. Spiritual death is separation from spiritual life. Job put it this way in Job 18, verse 14. He said, death is the king of terrors. And if you don't know God, you know what that means. See, a sinner doesn't choose death. A sinner is dead. Physical death is just the final step. Well, not the final step, because after physical death comes eternal death. You see, God is life, and death is separation from life. 
and seeing what makes hell, hell, what makes hell so terrible and so awful is that there is no God. God is not there. His love is not there. His grace is not there. His restraint is not there. His mercy is not there. God is not there. And therefore, hell is, is an eternity without God. See, it's, it's so people today, they, they live, they work, they, 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 they fight, they, they try to, to toil and, and, and go through life. And then when everything is said and done, if you don't have Jesus, all you get is death. And eternal death as well. You see these commercials of these guys sitting around drinking beer and it's put in a lot of different ways, but I remember back when I was younger hearing them say this, well, it doesn't get any better than this. For the person who doesn't know Christ, he's right. It's only going to get worse. But for the person who does know Christ, it only gets better. What we experience in life, and as a person who knows Christ, it ought to be a life of freedom and victory and joy and service to the Lord. It only gets better. But that's our old master. And I'm thankful for that little preposition, or that, that little conjunction, but, B-U-T. It says, this is true. Everything is good is not true. We are good is not true. Everything will be good is not true. The wages of sin is death. That is the truth. But there's more truth. The, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. This is, our, this is the way it was with our old master. But we don't live under that old master anymore. If you've been saved, you have a new master. A new master. And the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. That is what is, 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 is offered to us. That is what we have in our life. We have the gift of freedom. The, the truth of God is this, that grace is available. And remember, we've talked about grace in Romans chapter 6. Yes, grace means the, for God gives us forgiveness when we don't deserve it. But it means a lot more than that. The word grace literally means to, to give. And, and so that's what everything that we get from God is, is the gift of grace. It means, yes, we have forgiveness, but we also have freedom, and we also have victory, and we also have life, and we also have joy, and we also have power, and we have everything that God has for us. That is the gift of freedom. In, in chapter 5 and verse 20, it talks about where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Everything that we need is found in Christ. That is the gift of freedom. The gift, and, and 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1, Paul puts it this way, talking to Timothy, he says, he tells Timothy to be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Did you catch that? He didn't say be saved by the grace. Timothy's already been saved. You see, God's grace is more than just saving grace. I'm thankful for saving grace. None of us can be saved without saving grace, but there's much more to this grace. It's not just saving grace. It's sustaining grace. It is strengthening grace. It is overcoming grace. It is freeing grace. It is an amazing grace. That's what we have in here, this gift of freedom, this gift of grace. It is the gift of God. 
What does that mean? Listen to me. It's glorious. You don't work for grace to earn grace. You don't do it that way. We work from grace. God gives us grace and he gives us everything that we need to serve him, to worship him, to overcome temptation. Let me put it a a little bit different. You don't live holy to get life. Uh Uh-uh. He gives you life to live holy. It's a difference. (laughs) That's grace. He gives us everything. That's why we can stand in victory. That is the freedom that we have. It's not dependent upon us. Jesus has done it all. He has set us free. The debt has been paid, yes, and now we are free. And he lives within us to strengthen us, to empower us. And we can do everything that God calls us to do because we are free. The gift of freedom. And there's a gift of freedom because there's a God of freedom. Notice he doesn't just say you get a gift. He says it's the gift of God. Of God. See, the truth is not only is grace available, but a relationship with God is available. And understand what he means by God. He's not just talking about one of many gods or the greatest of many gods. He is talking about the only God. The only God. There is only one God. And so he's talking about this. We have a relationship with the only God because of this gift of grace. He's the only God there is. We don't get to choose which God or how God is to behave. He is as he is, and he is the only God there is. And I got good news for you. The only God there is loves you. The only God there is sent his only son, Jesus, to die for you. The only God there is will forgive you. The only God who is is a God of grace and mercy and long-suffering. The only God there is is a God who frees us from sin. And he wants you. That's good news. I'm glad this is the God of freedom. It's him. See, we don't need to do better. We need God. We need a relationship with God. We need God to help us. We need God to answer us. We need God to deliver us. We need God to rescue us. We need God to teach us. We need God to empower us. And I got good news. That's exactly what God will do. You see, he's got all the power to do it. All powers. He is the almighty God. He spoke the universe into existence. That's how powerful he is. And not only that, but he has already done all the work that needs to be done for us to walk in freedom and victory and in a personal relationship with him. And he is the one God that loves us so much and knows so much. He knew we couldn't get to him. And he loves us so much, he came to us. He came to us. And he removed the barrier. And he broke the chains. And he says, now come on. Come unto me. All you that are weary and are heavy laden, come unto me. All you that are thirsty, come on to me. 
All you that are covered in sin, come to me, and I'll make your, your sins, though they be red like crimson, I'll make them white as wool. Come to me. Wow. God of freedom. And then there's that experience of freedom. What is the gift of God? Eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Eternal life. A life of freedom is available. Grace is available. A relationship with God is available. A life of freedom is available. Listen, believe it. You say you're a believer. We claim as, as children of God, as, as Christians to be believers. Believe it. Not only did Jesus die for your sin, but Jesus died to set you free from sin. The price has already been paid. A life of freedom is available. A life of victory is available. When temptation comes knocking on your door because of what Jesus has done for you, because of the victory he's already won for you, and because of the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, you are free. You do not have to give in to it. That is eternal life. Yes, eternal speaks of the the length of this life. Unending, forever life. But understand, unending, forever life doesn't mean that one day it will start. It means that the moment you came to Jesus, it started. And you have that life now. You don't just get it when you die. You have eternal life now. You have unending life now. You have everlasting life now. Jesus is with you now. And so we have this life because it not only speaks of the length of that life, but it speaks of the quality of that life. It is a fullness of life that he offers us. It is a life of victory, full victory, full freedom in our lives. We are united with the life of Christ. You want to know what kind of life he's talking about? Look at the life that Jesus lived. Was it a life without hardships or trials? Or No, 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 no. That's not what we're talking about. But it was a life of victory. It was a life of service. It was a life of honoring the Father. It was a life of love and ministry and bringing people into the kingdom of God. That is the quality of life that he brings to us. And it is all found in the person of life whose name is Jesus. Notice he says it's eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, Jesus speaks of the earthly one. When it says Jesus, it's saying that one, that one that was born of a virgin that we celebrate at Christmas time, that one that walked on the face of this earth was tempted just like me and you, but never gave in to temptation. That Jesus that died on the cross, not for his sins, but for our sins. And that Jesus who rose from the dead and was seen by hundreds of people afterwards as being alive, that very Jesus is the one that brings us the gift of eternal life. That Jesus who is the Christ, who was the one promised from back all the way back in Genesis chapter 3, the one that would come to deliver us. He is that Jesus that, that came to us. And by the way, that Jesus who fulfilled all the Old Testament prophecy and did everything that God called him to do, he is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. There's only one on the throne, and his name is Jesus. That's him. That's him. Aren't you thankful? For the new life that you have in Christ. Well, it's time to start living it.
This wraps up our study in Romans chapter 6, but it better not wrap up your study in this victorious life and this life of freedom. We need to start living it. This is Doug Ferris, and I'm blessed to be the pastor here at Underwood Baptist Church. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast. It's our prayer that you'll do more than listen to the sermon or gather religious information. We want you to encounter God, and we pray that He will impact your life. If you'd like to contact us for any reason, please go to our website at underwoodbaptist.org. All our contact information is there, and we look forward to hearing from you. I hope you are blessed by today's message.